0: Welcome to Bucks Insider presented by Verizon. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor, Scott Smith, and we have a playoff show to talk about. It is a great day to be a Bucks fan. Clinched the NFC South for the third year in a row, which is the first time in franchise history. It has been a great few years here to have these back-to-back-to-back titles. And now, of course, most importantly, that means they're going to the playoffs so tell me just kind of your takeaways from this last game even though it may not have been the, the prettiest win it got done what you needed to get done uh,
1: yeah you're echoing baker there in the in in the press conference after the game saying it was an ugly win you know it's an ugly win if you don't like defense but uh, i saw some things that were pretty uh, spectacular mm-hmm. on defense antoine winfield for the most part and we'll obviously be talking about him but um the defense really stepped up and of course so did the kicker and we'll also be talking about him but you know, Baker was obviously banged up, he had the ribs to start, then he injured an ankle pretty early in the game, so he's playing through all that. Carolina has a nice defense, a good defensive front, and things really weren't clicking a lot on offense, but they found a way to win, and that's what's important. And the the last two weeks on offense haven't been great, and Tristan Worf said something about that afterwards in the locker room, and his leadership is really starting to show. But um, before that the Bucks' offense had really started to click mm-hmm. and I think that this team is confident that despite the last two weeks they can get back to that and they may need to because uh, Philly is a high-scoring team and so you may have to score a bunch to keep up.
0: Yeah that's gonna be interesting and so you you brought up Antoine Winfield Jr. It's impossible <laughs> not to bring him up after every game and all <laughs> the things that happen with the Buccaneers and God, he just put on a show this week it was splash plays and it was impact plays and I think I can make a case for him just two plays individually saving 10 points exactly and I'm like what else do you want in a defensive player than that where single-handedly essentially they are saving points
1: yeah it's you know he was named the NFC special teams player of the week Uh, this play is incredible he was 23 yards away from that player when the ball was caught DJ Chark Um, I did a little next gen dig into that and he uh, he, was, he ran the fastest of any player on the field on that play and he covered the most ground of any player on the field. And of course, just poking that out and you think, well, th- is that just an instinct? Is that just an accident? He, he described that play and said he saw the shark was starting to ex- hold the ball out in front of him. He's like thinking, I think he's going to try to extend that over the goal line and then i will try to poke it out. Okay, I just said all that. Probably the time it took me to say all that probably is longer than the time the it took for play. that whole yeah. thought. To happen to be in in his head and then process it and do it. I mean, there's athleticism is important, but there's something to be said about a guy who just has unbelievable instincts like that.
0: That really was incredible. And yeah, the uh, look at his numbers. This is such a great job of last week going on uh, the rant (laughs) about his numbers in the Pro Bowl and everything. He even upped all of the numbers. Basically, in this game, he ended up with another sack and another forced fumble and all the things. So, yep, just continuing to be incredible. First
1: first in three categories there among all safeties, second in hits, second in total takeaways, because that's interceptions and f- uh, fumble recoveries. passes defense. defensed. I mean, he's, he's making plays in the backfield, and he's making plays in the back end. It's what hasn't the guy done. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already seen the results of the Pro Bowl, and like you said, I've already done my rant on that one. Won't do it again but uh you know all associated press all pros still to come hopefully there's some vindication there
0: and we saw that i think he broke the record for uh tackles by a db in franchise history which is pretty incredible um and i know also you you brought up baker and that this was a, a game that was very dominated by the defense and it was so good to have that and that's what you want going into the playoffs is knowing that if one side of the ball is struggling for whatever reason, you have people to step up in there. But Baker, I have to say that even though the offense maybe didn't produce a ton, I just have so much respect for him gritting out that game, and I know the rest of the team does too. He came in already beat up, then got even more banged up during the game with the ankle, and then we see him running for this gutsy third down Mm -hmm. play. I just think that he shows that no matter what, he's gonna try to make it happen, and even if it's in an unconventional way. Yeah,
1: even, I I, I can tell you from experience up in the press box, uh, everybody around me was the same reaction when he ran, uh, you're like, oh, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. no, no. Because you know he's got the injuries and you don't want him to do it, but then you know he's just going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think, in addition to the one I think you're referring to, which was like a seven-yard scramble on third and six, after he'd hurt his ankle, he had another play. It was third and one. It was a fake handoff to Rashad, and then he was supposed to throw it out to, I think, Kate Otten out to the right. Just a real quick pass in the flat but he he cocked his arm and he saw a defender there and realized if he throws this it might be a pick so what does he do he just immediately tucks it and just barrels right into the line right into Derek Brown one of the biggest and best defensive linemen in the league and just bashes into him to get the first down I mean that was one where I was like "Mm, don't do that but he did it got the first down and um, you know he Didn't have the most productive game passing, obviously, Uh, but if you look at his season as a whole, he set career highs in yards. He had more than 4,000 yards. He had 28 touchdowns. Both of those were career highs for him. He only had 10 interceptions, and he is one of two quarterbacks in Buck's history to finish the season with 4,000 yards, at least 25 touchdown passes, and 10 or fewer interceptions. The other one's the GOAT, so. I mean, Not too chubby. it's good company, to good
0: be in. company to be in for sure. And like we said, if your offense <coughs> is going to struggle and you have some injuries, you need your defense to have your back. It also helps to have a kicker that has your back <laughs> and th- this can become a pretty potent offensive weapon, particularly when you have a guy like Chase McLaughlin. Yes.
1: And I'm going to preface all this the same way I did on uh, Jeff and I's podcast, the salty dogs, shameless plug. Um, I'm talking about Chase McLaughlin, the Bucks kicker for the 2023 regular season. I'm talking about his regular season it's over. There is no possible jinx here. It's done. It's in the books. Yeah, it
0: is a very good thing to preface it with so nobody can be upset. This is the
1: regular season. It's over.
0: Because we aren't superstitious, but we're a little (laughs) stitious.
1: That's good. Um, Chase made his last 18 field goals in the regular season, finished 29 of 31. 93.5% is the best uh, field goal percentage in team history. Uh, He made S- seven of eight from beyond 50 yards including five of five from 55 or longer you saw one of them there in that game that's not just the most in a season that's the most 55 plus yarders a bucks kicker has ever made in their career connor barth was good he was here for five years and he did it three times chase did it five times in wow. one season and didn't miss his only two misses Successful unsuccessful kicks this year were both blocked yeah so it's hard to say whether those were his fault or not but and he made all of his extra point attempts uh so a pro football focus named him their uh first team all pro kicker i think it's because he basically didn't miss all year except those two blocks and he had the long distance
0: what else can you ask for it's incredible yeah
1: and it's a guy at work was pointing out one thing about him is he tends to hit him right down the middle.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not sneaking in. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, you, hey, you want the kicker to get it through one way or another. Mm-hmm. If it goes in one yard past this, the post, then fine. But wouldn't you want a guy who generally hits it down the middle because yep. those are more often going to go in? Yeah,
0: I completely agree. And then also uh, another bright spot from this last game, Yaya Diaby. I just think we can't talk about him enough either to see how he's come on and progressed and grown as a rookie and just the excitement I feel like he and, he and Kalija both you know, are causing about the future of this defense yeah. with these young guys. But Yaya, his combination of strength and speed is incredible. Yeah. And so when you have that much athleticism, the more you start understanding the game plan and the game, it's only up from here.
1: This is a great highlight package we're watching here. I love this. And it doesn't even take into account. The fact that the coaches consider him consider him the best run stopper of their edge rushers and that's why they drafted him for the most part and that's why he was available in the third round because he wasn't necessarily considered the one of the top two or three edge rushers but he had 7.5 sacks that's uh i think it's third in the league amongst rookies or or tied for second and it's tied for the second most ever by a bucks rookie with adrian claiborne who was a first round pick just to find this in the third round Uh, is just such an enormous hit by our player personnel department that I'm sure they're just absolutely thrilled by that one.
0: As they should be. Uh, And of course someone we know, they also are very thrilled they drafted Tristan Wirfs, who (laughs) not only did we ask him to change positions and play one of the most important and hardest parts of the offense after doing so well at another spot, he has conquered that, but he's also I don't know if he was asked or just knew he needed to do this, has stepped up in a leadership role. You mentioned earlier his speech after the game to the team, and it's just been thing after thing like that this year where you start to see him take on the not just do as I do, but also the vocal leadership role for the team both.
1: Yeah, and I think that's an exciting development for the Buccaneers, and of course he became a team captain for the first time this year, and it it seems like he's taking that seriously, and what he was vocalizing to the team afterwards, you know, he said – great win everybody celebrate this is awesome Uh, but also hey we the offense we need to step it up you know the last two games have not been great for us and going forward we got it you know we can't leave it all on the defense
0: yep for sure and so we talked about this is the third straight nfc south title first time in team history um so now also four seasons in a row of, of playoffs and it is so crazy to realize how many people on this team only know the playoffs
1: when <laughs> yeah, you like think an about antoine that Winfielder. yes i think about that
0: with tristan and antoine yeah. that they came in that year now we're talking about them being these <laughs> veteran leaders on the team and man these guys so many people on this roster only know the playoffs which is pretty incredible yeah,
1: levante said he he tells he tells his story to the rookies to scare them <laughs> to, to realize this is what could happen you yeah. might and wait to know to years. appreciate yeah, this too that's it yeah because you you wonder if like antoine or tristan or anybody drafted in 2020 um if they start to take it, I don't think they do, but if you start to take it for granted, like this is going to happen every year, so whatever. This doesn't necessarily come along all the time, and Levante certainly won't, the one who knows that after eight years without the playoffs and, and didn't know when Bruce Arians and then Todd Bowles got here that everything was going to change and that he, you know, he could have gone his whole career without going to the playoffs, and he's well aware of that, so he, he definitely savors it. But uh, speaking of Todd Bowles, he's the first Bucks head coach to lead his team to a division title in each, each of his first two years. So it's uh, amazing. It's been a nice transition that's in a big that regard. Deal. Yeah.
0: And I think that we still have not appreciated the fact that they have so much dead cap money yeah. and have still been able to have a winning record and make it to the playoffs. I think that's an incredible thing to keep in mind of how few teams are able to make the playoffs at this. And I think it's what the Bucks had the most dead cap money in the league.
1: Uh, it's something like and that. And
0: made the playoffs.
1: It's like they had one hand tied behind their back but lasted through 12 rounds of a boxing match. I mean, they yep. did it, they made Amazing. it. And uh, they're one of only four team, three teams in the NFL, currently, that have been in the playoffs each of the last four years, along with Kansas City and Buffalo. And yeah, to do that with the restrictions that they had, and to do so, you had to hit on things like Yaya Diavi and Christian Izian and yep. that's, you know, that's how you get it done. It's not easy to do.
0: And so speaking of not easy to do advance in the playoffs, that's, uh, you know, I mean, it helps you have a home game, which is a huge deal and why you want to win the division. Uh, You have the Eagles coming in here, rematch, maybe that helps. You have some knowledge of what didn't work the first time can make those adjustments have that film when you look at these two teams what are the things that stand out about the keys for this matchup and both teams seem pretty different than the first time around
1: yeah that was week three and uh, it was a monday night game and we're not going to sugarcoat it the philly the eagles dominated that game Uh, mainly the difference was and and a couple players talked about this yesterday the difference in the run games we allowed 201 rushing yards to the eagles and only got 41 rushing yards. I mean that there was the the gulf that that gave uh, Philadelphia such a big advantage in that game and the Bucks run game isn't one of the best in the league now But it's definitely better and you saw that in the what they call a four-minute drill the last six minutes of the game in Carolina salting that game away by running successfully six seven, eight times on the last drive when the defense knew you were going to run the ball. To be able to succeed in that situation means you have found some answers in the running game. And It's been a little bit hit or miss, but in the second half of the season, it's definitely been better. And the Bucks' run defense is actually ranked fifth in the league. So they know it's a challenge because Philadelphia has such a great offensive line. Again, this year, three pro bowlers from that line. So it's going to be a battle in the trenches on both sides. They didn't, the Philly, the Eagles defense didn't, I keep saying Phillies. The Eagles defense didn't have as many sacks as when they went nuts last year, but they still have a very talented defensive front led by Hassan Redick. So as Levante David was saying yesterday, it's really right there. In, on both sides of the ball where this game is probably going to be won.
0: it's going to be an interesting matchup for it sure. is
1: interesting also because the eagles and the bucks are the eagles are the bucks most common playoff opponent in their history and it's hmm. not even close wow. this will be the sixth time these two teams have played washington is next with three uh, so i don't know why it keeps coming up philadelphia but if you look at this you know the very first playoff game in team history was the top one there in 79 bucks won that one Obviously, you can remember that in 2000, 2001, those seasons ended very uh, disappointingly with lopsided losses in wildcard games in Philly. And that's why the game in 2002, the NFC Championship game, was such a big deal because it was in Philly. Mm-hmm. It was the last game in the Veterans Stadium. It was the Rondé Barber play. And then two years ago, a, a more current iteration because Jalen Hurts was he was early in his starting career, but he was starting for that team. And the Bucks really handled that game in the wildcard round going up. 31 nothing at 1 point so and really handling Jalen Hurts well but Jalen Hurts has definitely advanced since then so it's a big question mark as we show graphically there what's going to happen this time around
0: All right well that is going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider we hope everyone enjoys that game we hope to see a lot of you out here at Raymond James Stadium or at least following along on buccaneers.com and we'll see you next week